What's up, guys? This is Ollie from the Filling the Void podcast. And as a fellow podcaster, I can honestly say, I never listen to I Doubt It with Dallimore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is... I Doubt It with Dollamore. Disappointing fans worldwide since 2014. This is episode 493 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined today, as I always am, by the lovely, the talented, the scholarly... Although bike riding free, <laughs> Brittany Page. All right, get it out. What is it? Well, you you showed me an article this week, and I, I just I guess let me start the let me start the episode with a question. Okay. What the fuck is wrong with men? <laughs> okay. What are what? Women's cycling race forced to pause after lead rider catches the men's race. Yes. So I remember reading this in Belgium. Mm-hmm. There was a cycling race, a men's race and a women's race. Yes. They don't run them all s- together, all mixed in, I guess. Yeah, the men's race started 10 minutes before right. the the women's race. So they bang the gun and the men take off at, let's say, 10 a.m. Yeah. And then at 10.10, they bang the gun and they let the women start. Right. So it's two separate races. Mm-hmm. And then the lead woman rider right. catches up. To the men's race. Right. Nicole Hanselman. And then they pause. Oh, we got to fucking pause it. They pull her off. Right. They pull her off to the side and say, I'm sorry, we need to establish this gap again. And you're going to have to wait here. Now, I mean, I've never done anything like this because I'm not really what one would refer to as athletic. Okay, um, but I can imagine, you know, I can imagine. Wait a minute. You ran cross country tr- track for all of like 15 or 20 minutes in high school. Three days. Three, three days. Yeah. And then and I you found quit, out. You quit. Why? <laughs> well, I found out it was long distance running. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Apparently you thought it was uh, sitting around weaving baskets or something. In the country. Right. In, in the, the country. countryside. <laughs> country. <laughs> Where you cross that country. <laughs> so, um, but I can imagine being an athletic person, right? And what it must be like to be in that mindset of you're there, you're going to kick ass, you're doing the best you can, you're either running or you're cycling or you're doing whatever you need to do. And you're you're, focused, you're intent on your task. You're focused, you're in the mood, you are on the move, you are doing it. And then someone tells you, you need to stop. Right. Yeah. Now, what is that going to do to your momentum that you've built up knowing that you're kicking ass? Well, even listen, I I did run track in high school successfully, mm-hmm. m- might I add, and I've done athletics. And a lot of this is, uh, they say it's like 10% uh, mental or 10% physical and like 90% mental. Mm. And I, I don't know the exact breakdown because every coach has their own thing. But a lot of athletics is, is visualization and in the moment and focus. And like you said, momentum. Mm-hmm. So when you stop somebody cold and make them wait for the men's group to get ahead again, absolutely you're fucking the person up. Right. 
So they stopped the the women, and once they were allowed to go back and and resume the race, she was given a head start because she was in the lead, but she ended up finishing 74th in the they, race. They, they fucked her up. She caught... There was no need to do this because if they start the race at my arbitrary time that I picked of 10-10, right. then they know how long and how quickly she got to the end by the time that she finishes. Mm-hmm. So even if she got through half of the pack of the men, as long as the course is the same, and it was, there's no need for this. Mm-hmm. It's reminiscent to me, although different, of like the Boston Marathon, those photos of that woman who tried to run the race, mm-hmm. and there's dudes trying to grab her and stop her from running the race. Yeah, well, I would be interested for the rationale here because because I don't know what it is. I mean, what were they worried about? That she's you, a do distraction? You mean, do you mean you're 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 asking the question? What the fuck is wrong with men? <laughs> is that is that what's happening right now? I mean, because I want to know. Yeah, what is the rationale behind pulling her off and establishing the distance? They're on bikes. Right. Is it a safety issue? Because I feel like the safety issue is there even though no matter what. They're no matter, all on bikes. Right. No matter who she's racing next to, there's still a safety issue. It's not like the men were riding their bikes alongside the the, the bulls running with the bulls. <laughs> and the little ladies, they didn't get the bulls. It's just like they throw in a, the, the men a curveball. Right. They're all riding on the street on their bicycles. Yeah. This is dick facery is what this is. Yeah. She said that she was stopped for five or seven minutes and that it just kills your chances. <sighs> well, also, you cool off mm-hmm. just from a from a from a, a muscles exercise standpoint. I mean, imagine when you if you do like walk vigorously or I say walk vigorously because I know you don't run. Mm-hmm. Same for me. Mm-hmm. But when you stop after you've gotten a sweat up and you sit down, you don't want to get back up again. You're like, oh, no, this is. I'm done. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with this kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, she left an Instagram post and she said, quote, maybe the other women in me were too fast or the men too slow. (laughs) Taking it in stride because I I would be, uh, I'd be raising hell. Yeah. Not a, not a, not a good time. 2019, everybody. 2019. March of 2019. (laughs) I would love to know what the audience thinks before we get to listener listener communication. Let me drop the number. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. If you hear the sounds of snoring or snoring, that is a dog. I just want to keep reminding people, at least for the first several shows, that we now have an animal in studio with us. And it is not Jesse D. It is a bulldog. At Bully with a Y Popeye on Instagram. I'm going to keep doing that. So yes. <laughs> uh, let's do get to some listener communication. Um, we have two calls and I think an email or two, maybe just one. I don't know. That's not my end of the spectrum. So here we go. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is Mark from Tennessee. As always, Brittany's always the best. Jesse, again, you're important. Love the show. Just real quick, you know, come from a minority, uh, you know, I am a minority. Uh, in many ways, and I was raised by white people in the South. You know, I love my parents and I love my family. They're the most tolerant uh, people that I can name. Well, 
That's not true. I can name a lot of tolerant people, but what I found out is that, you know, especially in the Bible Belt, racism is defined on whether you use a racial slur. It's not defined by your generalized uh, stereotype. That's not racism. What it is is just stereotype. Uh, you know, that Pew study, <laughs> uh, I think it's a little bit higher, especially in certain areas, you know, where I'm from. And it, it's pretty crazy, uh, you know. I'm not offended, you know, people get my race wrong. Uh, yes, I do look Mexican. I'm guessing people can't figure out that I'm Filipino. That's okay. But I have heard so many times of people, well, I have a black friend, so that makes me automatically not racist, or my black friend isn't such and such and such and such. And, that, you know, it's like you can't paint an entire race with the same brush because that's just as bad as saying everybody who, you know, all white people, or sorry, all Trump supporters are white people, all white people are Republicans, therefore all Republicans, you know, support Trump. You know, it's, it's a fallacy. I probably did that wrong, but whatever. And, you know, I'll probably get pushed back, but I really don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> it, it just has to stop. I mean, I look at people the way people are. And, you know, I don't, I do not trust everybody equally. And that, I'm pretty much equal opportunity. Whether you're white, black, purple, yellow, red, whatever color, I don't trust you unless I know you. <laughs> so. I just wanted to say that, and I hope you guys have a good rest of your day, and we'll talk to you later. Well, I, 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 uh, getting an important call there. Either that, or he's trying to fire up a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gotta go. L- let me let me say, I I always get a kick out when people say all this or that, mm-hmm. like all white people, whatever. The only thing, all white people, all white people are white people. That's about all you could. That's the only all <laughs> that you can level. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All black people, because especially if you're predicating it upon one friend that you have is just fucking. That's dumb guy town. You know what I mean? I would say that what Mark is describing is fairly accurate in terms of what I have encountered as well, mm-hmm. where people will say, I'm not racist because I don't use racial slurs. Right, right. Right, I don't say the words. And I think that that's really how like our education system is failing people in terms of not giving them enough cultural competency, right, to be able to understand other cultures, understand really what racism is and what it means and that it's not just using the n-word yeah right yeah, yeah, that yeah. racism can look many different ways and that it can present itself in many different ways not only can usually does yes it's it's rare that you're standing in line at the grocery store and the guy in front of you starts using the n-word that's not usually how it works right mm-hmm. racism is a far more uh, insidious, I almost said subtle, and I, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's mm-hmm. it's certainly not as obvious as... Uh, I mean, we live in kind of a fast food culture, so we want easy answers. We want to be able to peg people really easy, put them in their box. Oh, that's a guy's a racist. Uh, that's it's not how it works, though. Right. Well, when I, when I worked at my tutoring center, it was a 
primarily Korean tutoring center. So pretty much everyone there was Korean except for me. And the receptionist was also Korean. And I remember one day this older white guy came in and he was speaking to her in such a derogatory way. He wasn't using racial slurs at all. But he was being incredibly disrespectful, yeah. mocking the way that she was talking, yeah. not directly, but in a way, in a way that I could tell what was going on. Was it kind of uh, in, it, maybe he didn't use these words, but kind of in a, do you understand the words that I'm saying kind of right, a way? Right, right. Yeah. Kind of escalating and getting very aggressive. So I ended up stepping in yeah. to, to, to end that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but the interesting thing was when he realized, oh shit, I'm being called out. Yeah. Someone else knows what I was just doing, knows what I was just saying. He started trying to backtrack, right? Because it had been openly racist, right? And someone else had witnessed it. So I, I think that people try to get away with it, right? As well. I can do it around these people. I can do it in front of this person, but I can't do it over here. And the thing is, like, you shouldn't be doing it anywhere. That's yeah. Well, kind I, of what that. <laughs> I think a lot of people, they, they hide in their privilege. Mm-hmm. And this guy has the privilege of, of being white in a white country, mm-hmm. knowing that it's an uncomfortable situation, mm-hmm. even if he's the minority in the room, so to speak. Right. And he used that. He wielded that as a weapon. And luckily, you were there to, to, you know, Brittany Page him. Well, I really cared about that uh, woman, and it was very upsetting. So, thank you, Mark. Not that I shouldn't do that for a stranger, too, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it. No, we know. We get it, Brittany. Well, you, we know, get it. you know, when you, and I'm sure you have this feeling, too, where you have been in situations enough to where you feel confident engaging someone. Oh, yeah. And yeah. other people don't have those experiences. It, it, it isn't that they aren't capable, right? I'm sure that they are. Um, but it's just that they don't have the experience, really, um, engaging with a hostile person. And when you do have that experience, you can lend a helping hand to others who aren't, um, you know, used to used to doing that. If I was to give advice on, on that, on how to engage, how to be aggressive or an ally in the moment, in, on the spot in situations like that. I've talked to, on the show previously about multiple times, and this is when I used to be more aggressive than I am now, um, not afraid of, not, not afraid, but not, um, confrontation wasn't something that I even shied away from. Now I like try to me- make it measured and metered. Mm-hmm. But there have been many times like in a, a coffee shop is usually the, the moments that I remember mm-hmm. where somebody starts being a dick to the cashier and I, I will be very loud and hey, hey guy, hey, no one thinks you're cool right now. Calm it down. <laughs> and the advice, I guess, back to the to the topic, the, the advice I would have for the audience, the, the unsolicited advice mm-hmm, yeah. that I'm I'm known to dull out would yeah. be you're going to be backed up in those moments. Because think about moments in your life where you see someone throwing a fit and being a dick. Um, they're always viewed as the asshole. Mm-hmm. And if you get if you check someone, you're going to have people back you up and they're going to be relieved that someone actually did it. Like, oh, I, I was going to do that. Thank God someone did. And then they feel empowered to stand for uh, stand forward too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been my experience. 
Yeah, and like I said, I understand that it is difficult for people, but I I do think it is important, especially in a situation where racism is involved. Yeah. And if you are a white person and you can step in and... I think you have an obligation. Yeah. I mean, we need to be correcting other white racist people. (laughs) I, I, I watched a video, one of those viral, you know, since Trump has been in office, they're fucking around everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I watched one of those videos the other day and there was a, it looked like a fast food restaurant in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't look like a fast food restaurant in West Virginia. It looked like a fast food restaurant. And from the details of the video, it was in West Virginia. And a woman was being openly, hostily racist toward the manager who was um, Latino. And, uh, the rest of the, like, she started talking about, you're all rapists and drug dealers and blah, blah, blah. And I was raped by one of you. And she, I, I don't know if she's drunk or just, a, a, you know, an asshole. But, uh, other people stood up once, once one dude came to her, came to his defense, the managers, the, the, the man, um, other people were like, uh-uh, we don't do that here. Mm-hmm. It was refreshing, especially since, you know, I've got my preconceived notions about West Virginia. So, well, and you've heard about this a lot, specifically with like domestic violence situations where the kind of uh, the popular approach used to be, well, that's none of my business. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Whatever's going on over there. Well, that's none of my business. And you definitely don't want to be like inserting yourself into situations that aren't situations. Right. Um, But if something is happening, I mean, you we can't have people being abused in public places. Absolutely. And if someone is being abused, insulted, harmed in any way, I think we all do share an obligation, uh, just like we share an obligation to correct misinformation on the internet, uh, to <laughs> <laughs> to step in and protect yeah. our fellow human beings. So I don't know how we got off on this rant but <laughs> how do we get off on any rant Brittany page but it happened so let's read an email that will help me go on another rant all right all right so this is from frank hey guys i was thinking about how the dems could appeal more to middle class independence while i agree that the wealthy should pay their fair share i think taxing investments at a higher rate is not the answer We should educate and incentivize the average individual to save and invest because that is the greatest way to financial stability. Higher tax rates on the super wealthy is fine, but to tax every stock purchase and dividend payment encourages average Americans from the very thing that will benefit themselves and their families financially in the future. We should look to include more people in wealth building instead of further excluding them with tax laws, which make it harder for the average American to participate. We also have to incentivize families with tax breaks for childcare. If you have two working parents or a working single parent, they should get access to childcare. Instead, we force families to decide between income and paying a large percentage of it to childcare or staying home and being financially unstable. Instead of simply qualifying on income, how about making it hours worked? 60 hours for two parents and 30 for a single parent. That would make hard-working middle-class people feel like the Dems are looking out for them as well as the poor. Just a thought. Great show. Keep up the good work, Frank. Uh, let, let me start. Let, let me say about the, the investment thing. I, I don't believe that we tax... Well, let's put it this way. 
investment income, capital gains income, is taxed at a higher rate for wealthy, wealthy people. And it should be. It should be a progressive tax. In fact, I think there should be a threshold. I don't know if this is the case now, but there should be a threshold at which your capital gains aren't taxed at all. Now, for those who don't know, capital gains is if I have stocks and I earn money on dividends and that becomes a profit for me. That those that profit is usually taxed. Um, I don't know where we stand. Like I said, I've said it a million times. Here's a million and one. I am not an economist. I don't purport to be an economist nor a tax expert. But we are at a place in this country where a progressive, and I don't mean that like the buzzword progressive, like uh, Bernie Sanders or AOC, I mean progressive, where it gets you get taxed at a higher rate the more money that you earn. The reason we tax capital gains, Frank, is because people like Mitt Romney, people, wealthy, wealthy people, don't have a job where they punch a clock and they tax that particular income. We have hundreds and hundreds of families in this country who own the majority of the wealth in the country. So what we do or what we've done for years and years is they Mitt Romney doesn't have a job. He does now. <laughs> He's a senator. I'm just using him because it's the most recent um, the most recent tax returns of a politician that I remember because mm -hmm. we haven't fucking seen Donald Trump's. So he he has a job now. He's a senator. So that income is being taxed at income level, like like a, like a job. However, all his trust fund money doesn't get taxed because he's just earning investment income on it. That's not equitable. That is not a fair, equal justice, equal equality under the law. That that is not the system that we should be living under. Where because. He was born with a silver spoon straight in his asshole. He gets to be on easy street while the rest of us work really hard and have our income taxed. So as far as you know, middle class, people who aren't making, um, who can't just lay back on their laurels on their investment income, absolutely, that shouldn't be taxed or taxed very little. And then let the people who are, are really doing the investing, like the Mitt Romneys and the Donald Trumps, let them pay the bulk of the tax. I um, I just wanted to comment, and I don't know if Frank meant it like this, but when I read this the first time, I felt like there was a distinction drawn between the hardworking middle class and the poor people. And even the poor people. Right. Where, listen, there are poor people who are also hardworking. And, I would say most poor people are hardworking people. Right. And they are working their fingers to the bone yeah. and they can't get a leg up in life. And so they need some support and they need uh, Democrats to take action and support policies that will improve their lives. Now, yeah. that, that doesn't mean that the middle class also, you know, doesn't need help. They do. But... I feel like drawing a distinction between the hardworking middle class and the poor over here says something about the poor not being hardworking. And I, I just think it's important that we don't feed into that and that we ensure that poor people get the respect that, that they deserve. Yeah, even even if it was not intentional, I think it's good to to check our language. Because words words matter. 
right words have meaning and that to say the the hardworking middle class and even the poor uh, but it does imply there there is a, a tacit implication there is this a good time to talk about Kylie Jenner <laughs> what do you mean you mean the 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 self-made billionaire the youngest self-made billionaire right so forbes announced it remember we talked about this when they said that it was likely to happen now it has happened she is apparently officially a quote-unquote self-made billionaire well she's a billionaire self-made let's i think there's question there well what's interesting is she gave an interview and she said quote the self-made thing is true and then she cited the fact that her parents quote cut her off at the age of 15 Now, how clueless is this woman where she doesn't understand that she was born into wealth and what does cut off at age 15 mean? Did you have a car? Was it a Mercedes? <laughs> um, where were you living at that time? Was there a, a television show being filmed in your home right. where everyone knew your name and everyone followed your, that your you social were media paid handles? for too. Right. You, your platform started growing yeah. at that time. And yes, you turned your platform into something that was able to be put into your pocket. Good for you. But stop talking about yourself as though you are self-made. How insulting is that to people who don't have parents? Yeah. Who are raised on food stamps? Who have to figure out a way to enter the world with no familial support? Right? Yeah. Maybe they have mental problems. Maybe that's also complicating it, right? They have to find a job. They have to find money for college. Those are the people who can claim any semblance of being self-made. What do you mean? Why don't they just do what, what's her name? Is it, is it the Kylie? Mm-hmm. Kylie one? Mm-hmm. Why don't they just do what Kylie did? Mm-hmm. What? Well, it should be emulatable. Mm-hmm. You should be able to just replicate it. Mm-hmm. Follow that track. Get your own TV show on Bravo or E or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Come on. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's it's also, it's also take into consideration the life that you, you led up to that point, right? Everything was provided to you. You were completely supported in life. Um, anything that you needed was there for you. Yeah. That's the kind of environment that you were raised in. And again, that isn't to say that she didn't have difficulties, that she wasn't bullied for her lips being thin, whatever else it might be. I understand that even people who are privileged can have difficult lives. Do not send me emails. But but this is really important that people don't get this in their head because then they start to become upset with themselves. Oh, what? self-made i want the american dream too why isn't it happening for me it's happening for these other people they were able to be self-made they achieved the american dream why can't i do it well the reason you can't do it is because you didn't live the same lives as these people and they're not accounting for their luck and they're not talking about it right well it's also just it's it's not being in touch with fucking reality yeah so that's come on another rant for the day Kylie. <laughs> no, no. You were you were just a turd out there. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, uh, we do have another voicemail. We do? Thank you, Frank, for the email. We appreciate it very much. We do. Uh, more political. Hey, guys. It's uh, John from Columbus. Um, and as you guys may know, and for you listeners that maybe don't know, um, a couple bonus episodes ago, uh, my dad talked about Nixon. He's actually... Uh, working a continual uh, continue law learning education program um, 
with John Dean. And you guys asked about, uh, in the last episode, I think 492, you guys asked about when, you know, John Dean came out and when, uh, Nixon said, I'm not a crook. Uh, it was 1973, this summer of 73, I think June or so, that John Dean got called into questioning, um, by the investigation committee. And that's when he started, you know, divulging all the information. And then in November of 73, uh, Nixon from Disney World, he went to Disney World, you know, with all this going on, he pulled a Trump or Trump pulled him, however that works. <laughs> but he went to Disney World and at Disney World, um, in the speech that he gave when he got there, he said the famous words, I'm not a crook. Um, and so it was after, you know, Somebody came out and testified against him that he said, I'm not a crook. So Cohen testifies against Trump. You know, Trump is Trump is innocent. This is all a conspiracy. It, you know, Jesse, yes, it does repeat itself, but history only repeats itself for people who don't know the history. Um, and, uh, you know, I just kind of wanted to get back to you guys and, you know, help move it forward. But, yeah, it was 19, the summer of 73 where Dean originally spoke and then, in November of 73, um, Nixon gave the famous words, I'm not a crook. And then the summer of 74 was when uh, they got all the tapes, um, which helped establish, you know, what John Dean was saying is correct. Nixon was a crook. Nixon did know about it. Nixon is responsible. Um, so hopefully that helps, guys. Uh, you know, as always, love the show. Brittany's the best part. Jesse, you're great, too. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Thank you, sir. And we do have to give a shout-out to Jim, Jim Robinault. Yeah, John uh, hooked us up with his dad, who's been on the show twice. Yep, and uh, you can look for that by typing in Robinault on the Dollamore website to find those bonus episodes. But we did have Chase in Virginia, and he wrote to us and gave us the actual dates for the Nixon. Yeah, yeah. Um comments so uh, chase says it was november 17th 1973 when nixon said i'm not a crook and it was august 8th 1974 when dick resigned <laughs> 264 days yeah well so let's get let's start the countdown <laughs> start the countdown oh uh, that's a so long john, time uh, one more thing john we're still waiting on uh, a call from john dean to yeah. say Hey, this is John Dean from the Watergate fiasco, <laughs> and I never listened to I Doubt It with Dollamore. Yes. That would still be fucking fucking fantastic. He could also say, I never listened to I Doubt It with at Bully Popeye on Instagram. What, what are you doing? Whichever you prefer. Wow. <laughs> I would prefer a drop for the show. <laughs> That's what I would prefer. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and Good-looking listeners like you, by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Something must have happened because I have a lot of names to read today. A lot of names to read. So let's meet our latest Patreon supporters. Constance. Constance. Steven. Steven. William. William. Nate. Nate. Ronnie. Ronnie. Simon. Simon. Rick. Rick. 
Olaf. Olaf. Annie. Annie. Kevin. Kevin. Zevi. Zevi. James. James. Damon. Damon. Mary. Mary. Steve. Steve. Two Steves. Michael. Michael. Kathy. Kathy. Vic. Vic. Christy. Christy. Juan. Juan. Scott. You're sure it's not Juan? I'm... I was in the Marine Corps, the guy whose name was spelled Juan, he, he said his name was Juan. I think it's Juan. All right. Scott. Scott. Donald. Donald. Stephen. Stephen. But that's not all. That is a fantastic list of new Patreon support. Seriously, holy shit. It's beautiful. Yeah. We also have two Patreon supporters that have upped their pledge. Who have upped their pledge. Holly. Holly. And TJ. TJ. Beautiful. Fantastic. And we have news. Hashtag third episode every week. Every week. We reached the goal. We did it. You guys did it. You, you guys did do it. <laughs> uh, we now will be doing three episodes a week. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a bunch of people... <laughs> Drop off. <laughs> stop giving. And, you know. Anyway, I don't know how we're going to work that out. But we're going to start doing three episodes a week going forward. Um, we're going to figure out a system of how we do it relative to what exactly is... Because I don't want to have it just be three of the same old, same old. I want one of the three to be something a little different. Yeah. But like we said, we are reserving the right to possibly sometimes um do a regular episode well i reserve the right to do whatever the fuck i want for any of the episodes perfect but we are thinking primarily about doing a um 2020 election yeah only episode for that third episode a week right so kind of covering everything that's going on all the little stories that we do on regular episodes and then really focusing on the actual Democratic candidates for in the sure. election. Well, because what we did during the 2016 election is we did bonus episodes for all of the debates and all of that. Right. And I don't want to do that anymore. All of the debates? Yeah. I mean, I, no, I want to cover all of them. Right. But I don't want it to be like bonus. So we'll, mm. we will do those, but they will for sure fall into the three episode uh, routine schedule. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to it. Yeah. If you guys have ideas or druthers or a wish list... A wish list, not a demand list. It's not a fucking hostage letter. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you'd like. Uh, I, I We do take things under advisement, of course. This is your show, just like it is ours, even though I act like a dick about it. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. One more thing about that, though. Just because we reached that one goal, that was like the main goal that we've been working for toward for, for for years mm-hmm. we, the next goal is studio space right is to lease studio space now that we're back in a home studio mm-hmm. uh, we want to get a place like we had in the previous uh thing and uh we want to do that again <laughs> and we would love to have you help us out to do that so that is where we where that's, that's the direction we're headed next and it's going to facilitate Uh, A lot more content, a lot more ease of content, more regular in-studio guests, as well as easy functionality and production on YouTube videos, which, of course, this covers. Right. Thanks to all of you who gave uh, over the course of this last week. It is uh, a moving 
a moving thing that we appreciate so much and we love every single one of you all of your loyalty all of your dedication to the show um helping us move the conversation forward Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So earlier today, Senator Martha McSally admitted, um, I don't know if admitted is the right word, but she came forward um, public that in the military, she was sexually assaulted by a superior a powerful and deeply personal moment on Capitol Hill today. Arizona Senator Martha McSally, America's first female fighter pilot to fly in combat, coming forward today, revealing she was raped by a superior officer while in the Air Force. Senator McSally, what she said and why she revealed it now. ABC's Mary Bruce on the Hill. Tonight, Martha McSally, a senator, a veteran, the first female Air Force pilot to fly in combat, shared that she privately bears another title. Like you, I am also a military sexual assault survivor. But unlike so many brave survivors, I didn't report being sexually assaulted. I didn't trust the system. I blamed myself. I was ashamed and confused. I thought I was strong, but felt powerless. The perpetrators abused their position of power in profound ways. And in one case, I was preyed upon and then raped by a superior officer. For years, she stayed silent, and when she did try to speak out... I was horrified at how my attempt to share generally my experiences were handled. I almost separated from the Air Force at 18 years over my despair. Like many victims, I felt the system was raping me all over again. And so let's bring in Mary Bruce. She's up on the Hill tonight. And Mary, the Air Force is responding tonight to Senator McSally. And David, they say they are appalled and deeply sorry for what Senator McSally experienced and that they are steadfast in their commitment to eliminating this behavior. But David, this behavior is on the rise. In 2017, there were nearly 7,000 reported sexual assaults in the military, a record high. Mary Bruce tonight. Mary, thank you. And of course, this follows news of uh, Senator Joni Ernst of Iowa, Republican, uh, who came forward in January and said that she had been raped in college as well. Yeah. And I think that it is important to hear women sharing their stories. Obviously. Um, I think it's important to hear her talk directly about it. You could hear her getting choked up while she was talking about it. Yeah. Because these are things that stay with you. And I think it's important for people to, to hear that and know that this is also another example. When, when you hear people, shit on the idea of diversity. What does it matter if you have a bunch of women in Congress? What does that matter? Who cares? You just want the qualified people, the most qualified people. Well, I think McSally is certainly qualified. Her politics are different than mine, certainly different than Brittany's. But um, this is why. It's not just a diversity of gender. It's not just a diversity of thought and ideas in ideology it's a it's a diversity of experience and if you have a bunch of men sitting in a room making policy about rape making policy about what should take place how it goes down especially relative to the military 
You're missing a valuable puzzle piece there. 100%. This is why diversity is critically important. Mm -hmm. So I I just, uh, it struck me. Well, it's brave. I I, I applaud her. Mm -hmm. She has John McCain's seat right now. She's... She's the the interim mm-hmm. uh, until the the election, but um, good for her. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. Uh, the other thing going on, of course, we want to hear from you about all these topics. Call in, email some voice memos. Um, six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. I doubt it at dollamore dot com. Yes. The other you were just going to move on. What are you doing? Moving right along. <laughs> uh, the other thing is uh, after the. The, the wise decision, the, the frankly shocking decision of Donald Trump to walk away from any deal at all that he could get, any signed paper at all uh, with North Korea in Vietnam, uh, it appears as though they went right back and immediately started rebuilding their missile facilities. Those new signs, North Korea may be ramping up its missile program on the heels of last week's summit. Experts are now pointing to clues in these new satellite images. Chief Global Affairs correspondent Martha Raddatz has more. She's there in Washington for us. Good morning, Martha. Good morning, Robin. The experts say the rebuilding of this North Korean launch site is rapid and deliberate at a site that had reportedly been dormant since last summer. This morning, those new images of construction at this long-range launch site in North Korea showing cranes, vehicles, and supplies next to the test site. The images emerging less than a week after President Trump and Kim Jong-un's Hanoi summit broke down, which just this weekend, Trump called historic. I had very productive meetings with Chairman Kim Jong-un. Very productive. We get along. We've developed a good relationship, very good, and made great historic progress. Experts believe construction began again at the site either shortly before or just after the Hanoi summit. President Trump has made the lack of testing of nuclear and missile sites a major talking point when citing progress with North Korea. We have no testing, no missiles going up, no rockets going up, no nuclear testing. But it has always been clear that North Korea could restart its program at any time. Experts believe that North Korea already has or is close to having the ability to hit the U.S. with a nuclear missile. This also comes after the U.S. said it will no longer conduct the annual spring military exercises with South Korea in order to give the talks with North Korea a chance. Rebuilding this facility could, of course, just be a negotiating tactic. One notable point about these images, North Korea has made no effort to hide the construction work from those satellites. George? Yeah, none at all. Okay, Martha, thanks. So so here, here's the deal. Is one, we're giving away the store with Donald Trump, canceling military exercises, readiness exercises with the South Korean military. Also keep in mind that Donald Trump has tweeted more than once that a nuclear threat from North Korea no longer exists because of him and his love affair and the love letters Mm. that were sent to him. They're in love. By Chairman Kim. They fell in love. He, he, and when they laughed, he goes, no, no, no. We fell in love. He, 
He like doubles down on it. Yeah. We needed alone time. Oh, that is it. Tippy top shape. So <laughs> I just, th- this isn't a surprise. Mm-hmm. But it just when are MAG Americans going to wake up to the fact that he is a fucking abject failure mm-hmm. and, every, and what he does? You, you cannot proclaim as the president of the United States that there no nuclear threat exists anymore from North Korea. Are you, are you fucking sure about that, pal? Well, one of my favorite things about Donald Trump is how he, when he does something that he knows everyone loves or will like, most people, that most people... That most MAG Americans will like and appreciate. He takes all the credit. Oh, yeah. He was completely responsible for it. He came up with the idea. He's the one who convinced everybody to go along. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's totally responsible. When it's something that is not going to be received well by most people, then other people were involved. Oh, he did this in his press conference in Vietnam. Right. Where he says, well, you know... I got uh, together with Mike Pompeo. Me and Mike Pompeo and John Bolton, many of us, we right. blah, blah, decided we were... Blah, blah, blah. We decided so, this was best. So he spreads the blame around. Exactly. But if it's something to take credit for, it's all on him. Now, imagine having yeah, a boss like that. that's a great observation. Imagine having a boss Brittany. like that. That's a great observation. Thank you, but I don't need your validation. So imagine <laughs> having... <laughs> imagine wow. having a boss like that. Yeah. How? Imagine having a podcast partner <laughs> like that. How terrible would that be? Oh, what a bummer for everybody. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, think about it being so ego-driven. Mm-hmm. And and insecure about everything. Right. That like, you can't just be like, well, I'm the president. Of course it's my doing. Yeah. You have to like, oh, look at me. That was me. Yeah. It was me, everybody. Yeah. No, Dick. You're the president of the United States of America. I don't know, though. He hasn't reminded us that he won the election for about a week. So I'm know, not sure. Did he win it? Listen, after the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln was strutting around like a cocksure. Hey, hey, you know, the Civil War's over. That was me. That was me. <laughs> you think it was Seward? It wasn't Seward. That shit was me. It was for sure how he did it. I bet you. Yeah, I bet George that was Washington. It. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, you know that Revolutionary War? Yeah. That was me, y'all. <laughs> right over here. Yeah. Needs attention. Cheat up. Cheat up. <laughs> fucking for sure, right? Yeah, I think I read that in a history book. God damn. Yeah. It's fucking pathetic. G dub quote unquote. <laughs> That's where that originated. <laughs> so I just listen. I, I'm I'm always perplexed. I remain perplexed. I'm perpetually perplexed, yeah. Brittany Page. Yeah. About w- w- what is going on, and, and not just with your rank and file voter type. You know, mm-hmm. your your unwashed masses, your your cut off wearing, uh, cut off sleeve wearing, MAGA rally person. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not I'm not questioning this guy. Donald Trump. Baby, I'm wondering about elected officials, senators, and congressmen who get asked, hey, listen, what's going on with you guys, mm-hmm. you Republicans? Manu Raju from CNN went around and talked to several senators. Senator Kennedy from Louisiana, he actually talked to Joni Ernst as well. Um, Cornyn, the dumbest guy in the Senate from Texas. As you like to say. He, look... That's not a title he's been given. That's what you say about him. That's right. Well, when <laughs> That's I was the title you've given when to him. I worked in the United States Senate, as I like to remind everybody all the time, uh huh, 
It was Rick Santorum. Jesse worked in the Senate, everybody. Rick Santorum was the dumbest guy in the Senate when I was there. Really? Oh, yeah. Just a, a fucking meathead. Now he's the dumbest guy on CNN. <laughs> well, I don't know if he's the dumbest because they've got some dummies, but... Well... <laughs> anyway, so Manaraju walked around. I almost forgot to play the clip. And he he's talking to them, asking them the question, hey, listen... Why do you have no interest in investigating Donald Trump and these hush money payments? So if, if we can't hold this guy Trump, baby. to some high standard when United States senators either avoid the question or run away from Manu Raju or give stupid answers like these. Do you think that the Senate Judiciary Committee should look into this payment that was made by the president to uh, silence these alleged affairs? payment that he made as president, according to Michael Cohen. Should that be a, something the Senate Judiciary Commission look into? Um, it wouldn't be on my top five, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> um, I think both the U.S. Attorney in New York and Mr. Butler are looking at it. I, I, my guess is, uh, and I think it's a good guess, Mr. Cohen has already talked repeatedly with the, uh, the Mueller investigation, and maybe the, in the Southern District of New York, he's given them all that. Uh, um, I'd prefer to just go ahead and let them draw their own conclusions. So that was that was Senator Kennedy from Louisiana, and he's moving on to Joni Ernst right now. But I just can't. I play the banjos because I, I every time I hear him talk or see him talk, I accept I expect like a foghorn leghorn kind of a I say I say. You know what I mean? And it just never comes. Like a Yosemite Sam. Well, he's a little rootin' tootin'. I just mean like, a, well, one, the he's way... He's a little rootin' tootin'. I, I just mean, <laughs> that, like, even the way that Kennedy's mouth moves looks like he's a dude who forgot to put his teeth in. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I could... He's just got kind of a, a, a lot of flappy, a lot of flap going on with his lips. If I could be honest, all I was trying to do is to get you to whistle. Oh, yeah? And do a yeehaw. Yeah, sometimes so, I do, sometimes trying I don't. To, trying to get a live performance. Maybe I'll that. do one for Cornyn. Okay into the hush money payments the president was involved in? Um, possibly at some point, but I, I don't have any comment right now. I don't know enough about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. about the president being involved in the hush money payment scheme, including an office and paying back Michael Cohen. He was president. Do you have any concerns you about always that? always ask me questions that I haven't studied, <laughs> so I can't answer. That's been dominating the news over the past week. I, uh... I must watch a different channel than you do. <laughs> do you think that's Chuck Grassley, everybody from Iowa? Which channel is he watching? Uh, you, uh, you, you always ask me questions that I haven't studied. <laughs> it's not an open book test, dickface. Do you watch the news? Do you know there's been hush money payments from the president to a porn star paid by a shady lawyer? Have you have you heard about this? He you, you are a senator, right? You're elected by the the, the populace of the entire state. Of Iowa. He should have just asked him, sir, why do you hate current events? <laughs> I think that Republicans have an obligation to look into, say, the hush money payments that the president's involved in the White House. You know, this is their Here's plan all along. It's basically going to preclude our ability to pass any kind of bipartisan legislation because they're just <laughs> sucking up all the oxygen. Yeah. Cornyn worried about bipartisan legislation, everybody. How fucking hilarious is that? Mm-hmm. Cornyn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> this is all about setting up the stage for impeachment proceedings. That's pretty clear. But what, I mean, why is it not a concern of yours that the president may have been involved in a hush money scheme? There's been investigations by uh, the special counsel and others. If there's any evidence of crimes, I'm sure he will uh, uh, just uh, find evidence. That, <laughs> but if there's not, I think what the Democrats are worried about now is that after all of the hysteria over the alleged collusion that uh, they're worried the Mueller report will come up with uh, basically nothing against the president. Seriously. The best answer there was Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Who said, look, it's not in my top five, but those things are being dealt with by the Southern District of New York, by the Mueller probe with his two grand juries in the Eastern District of Virginia and also in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't say it quite as well as I just did, but that's ultimately what he's saying. And right on. I, I'm OK with that explanation that those things are going to get addressed whether or not we investigate. The others just ran. Yeah. Or said, well, I, I haven't watched the news. What, what do you, what's happening? Come on. Mm-hmm. It's just not credible. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, we'd love to know what you guys think about this. Um, we're we're going to be back uh, again one more episode this week. So there's plenty of time to hash these things out. I'm sure that there will be a lot of news dropping between now and Friday when we record. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. It's the asshole of today. Uh, Howard Webb. Howard Webb. Yes. I have no idea what this is. He so. lives Lay it in, on me. He lives in Tennessee. Mar- Lay it on me. Maryville, Tell Tennessee. Tell me what it is. And Tell us all. He was <laughs> charged with felony adulteration of food. Wait. Felony adulteration of food? I don't even know what that is. Well, he dipped his testicles in salsa. Oh. Uh, adulteration? That's what it says. Wow. Like yeah. adultery? Like adulteration. <laughs> 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 just so, like adulteration so he teabagged some food mm-hmm. which you know spoiled the food so nobody the, wants that well let's define adulteration since we're having difficulty with that the action of making something poorer in quality by the addition of another substance oh like unadulterated <laughs> would be the opposite of adulterated yes yeah, so right. so like making something poorer like the salsa by the addition of another substance like the testicles so, you see it must not have been very spicy salsa because as a as a human being who makes hot sauce, um, I have on occasion needed to go to the bathroom while in the middle of chopping habaneros, for example. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not a good time. It sounds like maybe not the best it time. It is not a good time at all. But let's explain why he did this because maybe... <laughs> Some people will want to know about that. Um, he did this because he was a he was a delivery driver, I believe, for a restaurant and delivery service. Uh oh. And <laughs> do they say which one? The customer left a small tip 
So he... Oh, and you tip before they even get there. I guess so. And he took a video of himself putting his balls in the salsa, and he is laughing in the video saying, quote, this is what you get when you give an 89 cent tip for an almost 30 minute drive. And then... That's a spicy meatball. And then he he followed that up by saying, oh, oh, it feels so good. So not hot, not spicy. <laughs> not salsa. spicy is what yeah. we're gathering here. That's prick shit, bro. That's prick oh, shit. Wow. But the interesting thing is, uh, he put it on Facebook, and so he uploaded this 14 second video to Facebook, and then it was shared hundreds of times, and then people were like, "Oh wow, this delivery driver is putting his bodily parts in someone's food." Yeah, and also your dirty, sweaty beanbag. You're driving around in a car for over a half hour. Uh, that's not a good time for anybody here's what it said by the way that they issued a refund to the customer who received the tainted meal is the quote in this article (laughs) they used the word tainted (laughs) no it was balls not as taint he got a refund (laughs) he He got more than a refund he ate ball salsa (laughs) against his will he did not consent to that yeah we don't know that he liked that i'm laughing but i might rage i mean that's i mean that's horrifying that's horrifying I mean, I can imagine, it's bad enough for me, and I'm not even germ aware Mm -hmm. like you. Yeah. So tip your drivers, everybody. And not with your nutsack. (laughs) Preferably not. (laughs) I'm just, come on, man. Preferably not. Yikes! Yeah. All right, well, I guess... A little uh, fun one for you. God damn! (laughs) We are going to leave you there. We, again, I'm going to drop the phone number a million times this episode. We want to hear from you. We, we appreciate every single one of you, all of the time and the loyalty that you dedicate to the show, um, getting your voice on the record, using this as a platform for your views as well, not just ours. We appreciate dissent. We appreciate feedback. We also appreciate love and, 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 and adulation. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. Yes. Just no balls in the salsa. Yeah. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email those voice memos from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. We will see you next time. We love every single one of you. A special shout out to our new Patreon supporters and those of you over the course of the last few weeks or however long who have upped their pledges. Uh, it, it is... Uh, a moving gesture of of your support of the show. And we, just, we can't thank you enough. So anyway, until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. Thank you, but I don't need your validation. So imagine <laughs> having... <laughs>